This is the Practical Homeopathy Podcast, episode number 76 with Joette Calabrese. This is Joette Calabrese, and I'd like to welcome you to the Practical Homeopathy Podcast. Women and men worldwide are taking back control of their family's health and learning how to heal their bodies naturally, safely, and effectively. So, if you're hungry to learn more, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned as we give you the tools and the inspiration you need as I share my decades of experience and knowledge using this powerful medicine we call homeopathy. summertime right now and we are enjoying the weather outside. I know I am and I'm here with Joette and Joette you have a new hobby that you've been doing this summer. Tell us a little bit about what you've got going on. Well I'm now in southeast Florida and so it's summer all the time here and so since I've moved here I have uh, found swimming again in my life because there's this pool right at my patio. I mean literally I opened my gate from my patio out into the little common area and I could dive into the pool right from there. And there are only six units in our complex. And I'm the only one who uses this pool. It's like your and, private pool. Oh my gosh, it's fantastic. And then I see my neighbors once in a while and it's really nice. And I've been swimming in this pool 45 minutes a day and, and it's really limbered me up and I'm sleeping better and everything's really great. But then something started to happen. I started to break out and my left eye got swollen and I had blepharitis. First, I thought it might have been conjunctivitis, you know, infection, but no, no, it didn't feel like an infection. It was just, as I said in my Facebook Live, my eye looked like a puffer fish that was pregnant with octuplets <laughs> and I had just finished a meal that was highly inflammatory. Oh my I mean, my eye around my eye was so edematous so swollen that it turned inside out. The lid turned inside out. I was looking at the inside of my lid as I looked in the mirror. It was so gross. I was trying and to picture that, Joette, as I was listening to you on the Facebook Live. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know oh how that's God. possible. Well, I mean, I'm laughing now because, you know, it's, I'm better. But, uh, well, it got so, so fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> below and above and the bridge of my nose widened I mean I looked really I didn't even look human anymore and then it got so full with edematous that it just boop, just popped open and just got, and plus it was cracking and oh my god it was a mess and I recognize I was obviously an allergic reaction now I had an allergic reaction similar to this in seventh grade when my parents got a new car and uh, we drove down to Florida from Buffalo in this brand new car. And I remember feeling really sick and um, soporific is the best way to describe it. I just couldn't stay awake. I was slept the whole time. I felt out of it, drugged even. And we realized later that it must have been the brand new car. But uh, when we got to Florida two and a half days or three days later, this is exactly what happened to both my eyes. They got very swollen and puffy and um, my parents were beside themselves. They didn't know what to do, but you know, it, it didn't bother me that much. I, and I was in seventh grade and life was fun. And, you know, we were in Florida. It was our first vacation ever. And it was really fun. So, and then I didn't have it again till a few weeks ago. So I was in denial as I often go into, as we all do, but I, I do it a lot. <laughs> 
I did not want to accept that it was the pool, that it's the chlorine in the pool or something in the pool. I don't know what it was, but I really was thinking it pretty much was the pool. I stopped wearing all makeup and I don't wear a lot of makeup. I wear a little bit of eyeliner pencil and some lipstick when I go out and that's it. So I stopped that. And so then I looked ugly on top of ugly. <laughs> I look unkempt. On top of ugly. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't, but oh it's horrible. Just, you just oh. talk about it. Well, so then I went out with sunglasses. I wore sunglasses wherever I went, you know, because there were times when it looked so bad, people would stare at my eyeball. So I wore sunglasses and then I would wear, you know, a, a lip gloss. You know, actually it was coconut oil to make me look a little kept. So, a kept, I should say. So, not kept. <laughs> I was not a kept woman. I was a, a groomed woman. <laughs> So, uh, and you know, I've got this philosophy about gray hair. I've got a lot of gray hair now. It's, my hair is mostly white. And my philosophy is that it will make a woman look haggardly unless she wears earrings and puts a little makeup on. That's what changes the whole thing. That's it. If you dress nicely and you have your nails are nice and you're, you have earrings on, you have a little makeup on, and you've done a little something with your hair. You just don't let it hang there and look, you know, kind of like you did in the 60s. But if you do a little something, then that's what makes gray hair look beautiful as far as I'm concerned. So I think that's true. I mean, I know we're going off on a little tangent here, but <laughs> as you know, I'm in a nursing slash rehab facility with my mom and these little old ladies that are in there, there's even a man here, 103. I should sit down and interview him. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but the only change, the ones that look really sharp are the ones that have a little bit of lipstick on and yeah. maybe um, a bandana. Yeah, a little mm -hmm. something. You've got to just look like you've put something into yourself. Some effort. Yeah, a little effort goes a long way. <laughs> so, um, so where were we in the story? I forgot. Summer. We're back to summer. Okay, so I've been swimming. And so I was in denial and I said, I'm, I'll be darned, I'm going to swim. Now, I don't put my head in the water necessarily, although it does inadvertently go, but, you know, I'm doing the backstroke and the side stroke and, you know, the breaststroke. So water gets on my face, but that wasn't the issue because it was affecting my skin all over my body. I had outbreaks of eczema that, again, I have not had since I was in seventh grade. Now, let me just put this into perspective. Seventh grade was 1965. <laughs> just so you get an idea. That is a long time. It was not 15 years ago. <laughs> but you're not old though. No, not at all. <laughs> so um, I was, I did not want to stop and I wanted to use homeopathics, but even in the beginning I said, oh, it'll just go away. I'm not even going to bother using anything. It's just a little nothing. And it got worse and worse and worse. And then it kept me up at night and I was scratching and the itching was maddening. And so I used Argentum nitricum and I used cephalinum and I used apis. I used, oh my gosh, I've, I used them all. And then I used sulfur 30. And then two nights ago, although I was slightly improving, because I was using Bovista and Kelcarb for allergies. And How about Antimonium Crude? I used Antimonium Crude. Arsenicum was helping for a while. Bovista seemed to be helping for a while. And even those were just not getting to it fast enough. It was helping a little. I, do, I have to admit that it wasn't quite as severe. My eye didn't look like a you know, puffer fish any longer. Now it looked like a pachyderm. <laughs> you changed species. Different species. <laughs> a land species now. In Africa, in dry <laughs> desert of Africa, 
after the elephant or the rhinoceros was in the muddy water and had been away from the water and now in the desert for the last 10 years. And you can imagine all the cracking around their ankles and all that's the way my eye looked. Was it painful? At times it was. It was burning and prickly. Burning, 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 burning. And the reason I say that, it's not that it was burning an awful lot, but I'm pointing that out because it is an aspect of the medicine that we're going to talk about here. And because the itching had now gotten way past my eye and my face, it was on my scalp, it was on my back, it was in the flexors of my elbows. I mean, you name it, and I'm not going to. Any place in my body that I've ever noted is now a place of itch. And then I said, I'm going to take sulfur 200. Now I'd taken the 30. It had done nothing. Um, but I took sulfur 200, one dose, and it went hold your ears. Bam! <laughs> Within an hour, not even an hour and a half, I was instantly better. The swelling in my eye went down. The itching was completely gone all over my whole body. I felt this peace come over me. I also felt energized and happy. And I was kissing my husband. My son's in town. I was kissing. I was so happy. I felt so good. I said, okay, let's make dinner. Then let's go for a walk on the beach. Let's, let's devour life. Up until that time, I'd been just kind of slugging along, just barely getting my, my jobs done. And so I knew I'd hit it. And now I've taken it for a couple of days. And last night and the night before, because this was actually two days ago, I had the most delicious dreams. They were so <laughs> wonderful. I didn't want to get out of bed. There were such happy times. My parents were young and my brother and my friends and our old neighborhood. And then we went to another chapter. You know, you know dreams can mm -hmm. seep from one part of your life to the next. Right. But they were all lighthearted, um, joyous dreams. So I know I've hit it. So now what I'm doing is I'm taking it twice a day. Now I had also taken, because I want to talk about this other remedy, because I'm not going to tell people that they need to use sulfur anytime they have an eruption like this, but it was kind of screaming sulfur all along. I just thought, well, I'm going to try everything else first and I'll put sulfur on the back burner. Let me also say, let me, let me go back and say parenthetically, I've always known that sulfur would be a very good medicine for me at some point. Because my the eruptions that I'd had as a child had been suppressed for so long, because my family is Sicilian and Sicily is known for its sulfur mines, I'm kind of you know drawing from all of that. But I've seen a lot of sulfur characteristics on both sides of my family, my mother's and my father's side of the family, that I believe many members of the family would have been benefited by the use of sulfur. And um, I was kind of waiting for a skin eruption to represent and it took all these years for it to represent and why didn't I go to it sooner well because I guess I was in denial because I wanted to swim I guess that was part of it and the other part of it was when I repertorized and I did repertorize and I also used uh, protocols sulfur always shows up when you repertorize you go into a, any repertory and you look up anything of the skin you're gonna find sulfur some say it's overrepresented in the repertory. So you have to kind of put it aside and say, yes, we get it. Sulfur's in there somewhere, possibly. So you put it aside and then try everything else. And then when nothing else works, then you go to sulfur. And that was basically my philosophy. But Joette, you did use sulfur in there during that time. Was it I once used or twice? Only a, I only used one dose. And that's really okay. not a good indicator. 
I, I did it half-baked, sort of half-baked effort. And what I mean by that is I took sulfur, and then I went ahead and took antimonium crude and arsenicum as well. So I really would not have had much of an indicator of which ones were acting. And as we're talking about this, I want people to understand you're not just taking one dose of arsenicum, one dose of sulfur, half an hour later, a, a dose of... Oh, thank you for saying that. No, no, no. You have to commit to it. And when I was in a real acute state, I was taking these remedies approximately every three to four hours. As it backed off and wasn't as severe, and my eye was no longer flipped inside out, my eyelid, then I was able to um, open it up and take each one of them maybe twice a day. So give us a more in-depth picture, Joette, because maybe you took arsenicum album every three or four hours, and then you would switch to another remedy, or did you take arsenicum album and then antimonium crude? No, or? I actually took antimonium crude 6 and arsenicum 200 simultaneously. Because that's um, a protocol. That's a protocol. Mm -hmm. And I decided on antimonium crude 6 because it has a unique aspect to it, and that is itching everywhere. Not because there's a rash everywhere, but it's just... Here an itch, there an itch, everywhere an itch itch. <laughs> okay, now that's confusing to me because I thought the antimonium crude was for the rash or the eczema, some skin condition, and then the arsenicum album was to take care of the itching. That is so, except that antimonium crude is also useful for itching and particularly when the itching is here, there, and everywhere. Okay. Those two, antimonium crude and arsenicum album, are very interchangeable in many ways. So... That's what did it. I mean, now my eye looks a little funky and the other one looks not so great, but I don't look like there's something wrong with me. I look aged by about eight years before it was 15 or 20 years. <laughs> now I'm in my 70s, according to my eyes. So when you say that's what did it, it's the sulfur that did oh it. Oh my gosh, the sulfur did it. There's no doubt about it. Now, how long will this hold up? I don't know. We'll find out. I'm going to be using it for the next many days until this is completed. So I'll be taking sulfur 200C twice daily, probably for another week or so. And then, and I've not been swimming in my beloved pool, and I've not swum much in the ocean because the ocean where I live right now is just loaded with seaweed. And I mean, not just a little bit, I mean, you're covered in it. You can't swim in it very easily without it just covering you. So I'll wait till that passes and then I'll get back into the ocean. And then, then I'm going to try the pool again. And I've got to find out whether or not it's the pool. So sulfur, to just recap, is a great medicine for skin. Eruptions, especially when you've tried many others and nothing is acting. And there's itching everywhere. And especially if you can rationalize it with a history of the need for sulfur all along. In other words, the skin issue is likely presenting from a history of suppressed eruptions. Mm -hmm. And I'll go back and explain that I had eczema from the time I was six weeks old until I was about 13. And I didn't have just a little patch here or there. I was literally blanketed in it for mm -hmm. the most part. So, um, and I used, we used steroid ointments and you name it. We used all the drugs that were available at the time in the, in the 50s and 60s. And there were plenty of drugs to use. So, when we see that kind of a picture, then we, again, put sulfur on the back burner because it is so ubiquitous when we look up skin conditions in the repertory. We keep it kind of at bay, unless it's screaming. You know, if I had been super hot, these are characteristics of sulfur, of the need for the remedy sulfur. If I had been super hot, which I wasn't, if I had, um, let's see, had been sloppy, you know, my, my, my desk is kind of sloppy lately, but, you know, I mean, really <laughs> sloppy. I keep a, a very tidy house. 
And so sulfur is usually messy. They have a sloppiness. They are very intellectual. I don't think I'm that intellectual. I think I'm more involved with people than I am with the intellect. But if you see a lot of that, then it, you know you move a little more towards that. Diarrhea can also be present, that kind of thing. And maybe an odor? Yes, if there were odors. Now, no one in my family reported anything like that, so I'm going to assume that I was okay in that department. <laughs> <laughs> or there can be odors that are detected by someone who needs sulfur. In other words, they are someone who is sensitive to smells, sensitive to chemicals and perfumes and bad odors, the odors of a dirty dog or garbage dump or something. And I do have that. There's no doubt about it. I am sensitive to odors. Mm. Nothing like I used to be, but I still have that. So that did fit as well. Okay. So someone might say to you, Joette, you've been taking all of these remedies. You've tried all these different remedies for the skin condition. Well, now what is going to be suppressed because of the different medicines that you've used? I think you've mentioned that to me recently that you've heard people talking about medicines can be suppressive. And I say to that, oh, pshaw. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard a couple of people talk about that recently, and I've heard it, of course, through the decades. And in my estimation, it is a classical homeopathic way of looking at using homeopathic medicines. And I fear that there is something behind that when classical homeopaths instill in their clients and or patients or students that they should not be using these homeopathic medicines on their own and that they are instilling a wariness that is uncalled for. We need to be able to treat ourselves. Now, let me say, I'm going to put that juxtaposition to the other side of the story that is You don't want to just willy-nilly take remedies one after another, after another, after another. And it may have sounded like that to you when I've described this to you earlier. That's not how I did it. And I I, I suppose I could go into a little more detail, but... And this has been over weeks that you've done this. Yes, yes, yes. We don't want to be sloppy. And we don't want to choose our medicines from fear. And from angst saying, I got to do something, got to do something, I'll do this, I'll do that. Okay, no one, then I'll do that. Oh, wait, maybe this is it, maybe that's it. I discourage that greatly. And that's what I teach against that behavior in my courses and on my blog too. I hope I, I come across that way on my blog as well. But on the other side of it, we do need to learn how to use these medicines. And what I mean by that is how do you learn to use them if you don't use them? You've got to. So by my using the wrong, quote, unquote, homeopathic medicine does not mean that I will strip myself of the ability to get well because it was wrong. It is not, I believe, suppressive. I believe that it will, in fact, as you take the incorrect medicine and you find out that you have, now you've got something more to read. And of course, we're always reading symptoms. So what we're reading now is, the next set of symptoms that may have come as a result of having taken the previous incorrect medicine. So now what's presenting more than ever? Well, now more than ever after taking their Senecum and Antimonium crude, for example, and I also took petroleum earlier on, um, I found that the itching was worse than ever. I had had the itching around my eyes, but now the itching was en masse. It was my entire body was itching. So that's what then led me to the idea that I should consider the remedy that was sitting on the back burner and that was sulfur. 
And let's talk about that fear too. We were talking earlier about don't just jump from one remedy to the other out of concern for the situation or the person. We want to be thoughtful in a remedy choice. But also, you've talked many times about if you take an incorrect remedy, taking the correct remedy will antidote the incorrect remedy. That's right. That's absolutely right. And I think we need to note that you did, I think I remember you saying in your Facebook Live, you did take Camphora 200 one time in this process? Yes, I did. And I don't remember what was happening, but I felt worse. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, when my eye was as swollen as I described it, Apis seemed to make a lot of sense. And after taking Apis, some of the edema went down, but then under my eye started to crack. I was forming fissures all under my eye and above my eye, and there was darkness all around it, and it was starting to occur in the other eye as well. And it was exuding at liquid. And I said, oh my gosh, this is the remedy petroleum. We were going to talk about petroleum today. The indication for the use of petroleum is when we see cracks, especially if there happens to be some oozing of clear fluid. So that came next. And so I took petroleum. Petroleum got rid of the fissures. I still wasn't finished with what was going on with my eye. Apis took down the extreme edema. Petroleum took away the cracking fissures. Antimonium crude 6 and arsenicum 200 helped a little bit with the itching, but then caused greater itching all over. And I know I'm missing a couple of remedies in there, but that's the, the crux of it. That was around that time that I realized I really did need to take sulfur. 200. Which brings me, Kate, to a very important aspect of this, and that is knowing the potency. Potency matters. Mm -hmm. Sulfur 30 would not have done it. I took one dose, I saw no change. I took one dose of the 200, and it was life changing. I was brought back to myself after, I don't know, three weeks of this business. And I believe that this would have carried on, Kate, because this, although it was acting like an acute situation, it was actually an old symptom that I'd had as a child, so that it was a chronic underlying, bubbling under situation that all I needed was a little impetus, a little stimulus um, caused by perhaps, I still don't know for sure, but perhaps the chemicals in the pool that I was swimming in daily that brought it out. So I think this would have gone on for a long, long time. And if I'd gone back in the pool, it would have started all over again. Well, that's yet to be found. So you've been staying out of the pool now? I have. Oh. I look at it lustfully. That's sad. <laughs> Wistfully, just look at it from my <laughs> patio. I just. So now you have to find a new form of exercise again. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> I got a bicycle, but you know, it's hot. You know, when it's 95 degrees, I don't care how early in the morning it is, you don't want to be riding a bicycle. <laughs> oh. I don't know. And, you know, the thing is that I, what I love about swimming is that I'm gaining skills. It's more than just exercise and pleasure. It's I'm gaining skills. I'm, I'm tightening up my strokes. I'm becoming more efficient. So it just feels like fun to gain some greater ability. But I'll find another way. So all this talk about the skin, people are dealing with skin issues in the summer oftentimes. And so if you want to know more about these skin issues, Joette, you have a course, it's called Skin the Ugly Truth. And people can look below this podcast in the notes and we'll give you information if you want to learn more about skin conditions and how to help them with homeopathy. 
really, there are very few people on earth who don't end up with some skin condition at some point in their lives. Mm -hmm. And what better time to clear that up than in the summer when you're wearing sleeveless and bathing suits and everybody sees everything. Yeah. And then you can tell if it's working or not, because in the winter, if you don't have those issues, you can't tell if the remedies are doing anything necessarily. Right. So we've covered a lot today, Joette. We talked all about the skin. Is there anything else that you want to cover in the podcast today? Well, the only thing I want to say is that I want to point out that we'll all get sick. We will all have injuries. Homeopaths get sick. Everyone gets sick. People have said to me, you get sick? I thought you were a homeopath. You know, that has nothing to do with it. I'm still on this earth. I'm still susceptible. I made a lot of mistakes in my life. And it all comes back at you at some point to a certain degree. So we're all going to get sick, but the way to engineer yourself out of it is to learn homeopathy and to step aside from that mediocre, excuse my, for being so derogatory, from the mediocre medicine of just slapping on an ointment made of steroids that just forces the body to react in a way it doesn't know really how to react properly. And it throws that condition off into the future, which is precisely why this has happened to me now in my estimation, and this is one of the, um, the understandings of homeopathy is that when you suppress symptoms of old, they will come back in the future, perhaps in a more sobering way. Thankfully, it's not more sobering for me. It's simply eczema again and blepharitis and et cetera, but it did not turn into red skin syndrome, for example, which is a very scary condition. So in spite of the fact that we all will suffer, I mean, that is part of the human condition. That's what, uh, what, it's, what it's all about, being on this earth. In spite of that, we have the tools to be able to get ourselves out of not every situation, not perfectly, but we do have the tools to engineer ourselves right out of a lot of what we've already done or what we've got ourselves into or what life has handed to us. It is an upper, actually. To think of it that way. So instead of using something that suppresses symptoms, we can use something that corrects them on a much deeper level. So that when I go back into that pool, we don't know what's going to happen, but when I go back in that pool, I will hopefully have a medicine that I can use so that I can and I will not suffer from it. All right, there we have it. Thank you, Joette, for sharing your story with us and giving us more tools that we can use to deal with our skin issues. You just listened to a podcast from practicalhomeopathy.com, where nationally certified homeopath, public speaker, and author Joette Calabrese shares her passion for helping families stay strong through homeopathy. Joette's podcasts are available on iTunes, Google Play, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Thank you for listening to this podcast with Joette Calabrese. To learn more and find out if homeopathy is a good fit in your health strategy, visit practicalhomeopathy.com.